0: Hello again, and welcome to The Master's Voice. I'm Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. You are welcome to look in the description box below where you can find all information affiliated with the work that I do on The Master's Voice Prophecy Blog. The website for that is www.the-masters-voice.com. And on that site, I have all the written prophetic words that I have been receiving from the Lord since the year 2012 until now, April 2023. Everything is written out and everything has a title that the Lord gives each message. He is the one who gives each message its title. And each prophecy has a date. So the date that you see on everything written on the master's voice is the date that I received it not the date that it was published. I've already said that I'm quite behind the videos and the prophecies that are ma- that are written down do not match up because the blog was up for a year and a half. And then the Lord said to me, Celestial, you're not making use of the tools of your generation. So I thought, you know, Lord, I'm already on Facebook. I've been on Facebook since 2018 and I'm You know, I'm here now with a blog and the Lord said you're not making use of the tools of your generation. And the tools of my generation are apps such as these, um, YouTube, BitChute, Brighteon, Rumble, that because it's an audio visual format, people people like watching stuff. And so they find it easier to, to consume content that way. But I always tell people, that if you want these, excuse me, please, if you want these messages to truly enter into you at a different level, if you want them to enter into you at a different level and stay with you, then it is highly recommended that you make time to go to the blog and read the prophecies because on the blog, I have no limitation for writing out not only the messages that God gives me, but all the teaching that he gives to go with it, all the scripture that actually supports it and that opens the message up because if you don't understand what is being done here, then you will think this is just another channel with a person saying things and saying things and where's the basis for this. And I don't believe it. And I've always said that this is not a convince me channel. I simply have no time for that. I'm a real person with a real life that has um, increasing demands in it. And so my job is to be true to what God gives me. And as long as that, as I have carried that job to its natural conclusion then i know that the lord will be pleased with my service and so uh i have quite a few messages to get through um distressing messages that i have been receiving all of last week those messages speak to certain themes and i might as well mention them here because i have a new word from the lord today this word was given to me as I was in Bible study, looking at something else for my own edification, my own growth. And then the Lord began to speak that same message that I just brought in March about Damascus. And so I I went to it in Isaiah chapter 17, but then God was really opening it up and I had to go and look for the things he was saying and dig a little deeper. And now I have the whole message. And so this message will be Uh, one of several that I will do, please excuse me. One of several that I will be covering pretty soon. These are messages of diaspora. Diaspora is the process where a people that live in a land have to spread out from that land. And normally those who study history, you know, the diaspora happens two ways. Diaspora happens when you have a choice and you want to move and you see greener pastures in Paris or you see greener pastures in Costa Rica, wherever, and you move there by yourself. And then diaspora all happens at the barrel of a gun. Diaspora happens when there's unrest, when there's no peace, when there's Um, civil disruption in a nation or invasion, war, and then people have to run. And if you've been listening to anything that I was covering for half the latter half of 2022, when God was bringing those extremely powerful live prophecies, then you already know That the expats that live here are going to leave. You already know that God has warned foreigners in America that if you are here and you've given birth to citizen children and you never looked beyond getting your child paperwork from your original country, you're from Europe, you're from Africa, you're from South America, you're from Asia, and you had your child here and you never thought beyond the naturalization process or the fact that your child is a citizen, your child's a citizen, you're a citizen, your child is a citizen, you're not a citizen, you're living here on other documentation. You never looked beyond that because you thought you were here to settle the prophecies that God brought in the latter half of 2022. He said that you thought you came here to settle, but I will drive you from these shores. I will not allow you to stay here and participate in Babylon's destruction. So if you heard that prophecy all that time ago, and you just decided to continuously rest on your laurels, you're from the islands and you're naturalized and you didn't go home or go to your embassy to ask a single question since then until now that decision lies with you this is not a channel where i can give you travel advice life advice tell you what country to move to i am not interested in that i am interested in what god is interested in that we hear the words of the lord and then like wise variants we investigate the source of these words do we investigate through emotions? Do we investigate by how we feel about whether you like my face or not? Do we investigate by attitude or we do we investigate by going to the Holy Spirit that we all claim we know and asking him, what is the source? What is the origin? What is the point of these words? Are these words just to fearmonger me in the middle of an awesome chai tea day? Or are you trying to bring into the earth god warning and preparation for the era that is already dawning in front of intelligent people diaspora the keeping of citizen children whereby you will go to exit points border points and even though the mexicans want to admit you and let you in the americans will not let your American citizen child cross that border, and they will tell you citizens of the United States are forbidden from exiting at this time. And so you will have a dilemma. Are you going to leave the 16-year-old, 10-year-old, and four-year-old citizens behind and cross the border to safety? Or are you hearing in these messages the fact that the unprepared are going to have a very tough time of it? Why? Because in the day that the sun was shining, they were simply watching this place as a channel and not knowing that this place is a trumpet blowing to the whole earth, earth, that the seasons are changing and the rulership and the domination of the United States is at an end. And so, just a moment, please. The messages that I've been getting from God are themes of scattering. They are themes of entrapment. They are themes of captivity, that God says this nation will fall captive, that this nation will bow down into bonded servitude, which is an old biblical word for slavery, that the debts of the past will be repaid. And this message that the Lord gave today was a revelation to me, not that I ever doubt God, but it was a revelation to me, and I hope it will bring understanding to people who continually push back against certain types of prophecies and just say, no, uh, why would God do that? That doesn't sound like God. It is a pity. It is a great pity when you worship what you don't understand. Even Apostle Paul said it to the Greeks when they had their... I think they had a monument. They had a monument, and it was called the Monument to the Unknown God. And Paul was so bold, such a bold man. And he told them, you don't even know who you've erected this thing to. There is a supreme God, but you do not know him. Jesus said the same thing to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, when she was saying, oh, no, you know, we have worshipped. And he said, you Samaritans, you worship what you don't know, but we, the Jews, has been given to us we know who god is and the man was referencing himself sitting right there humbly in human flesh that well it is a pity to claim you are a christian and to not know the ways of your god the nature of your god the habits of your god the character of your god what his voice sounds like his motivations his instinct how he moves for the bible says that even the man who is spirit Moves in the earth like wind, as the wind listeth where it will, and no man can figure it out, so is the man of spirit. So the Bible is telling us that what is spirit is capable of being lifted up to a point where it will move in tandem with the Holy Spirit. And the people around you who make carnal decisions, carnal choices, Christians who jump from the frying pan into the fire because they don't respect God, they don't pray about their decisions, they just make decisions based on how they feel, or if there's a lot of pressure in the situation, then they just say, okay, this is enough, I'll do this, and I'll do this, and do this, and then they do things that destroy their lives, that put them under pressure. Because why? They don't know the way of the Spirit. You say that you are a Christian, but you do not know, perhaps the voice of the Lord, his methodologies. And in this case, you do not know how long God can wait to fulfill a prophecy. He has the ultimate memory. He is patient as anything. And he never, ever forgets his word. Today's prophecy is called Damascus will be destroyed part two. And this is The third time I'm bringing a prophetic word about Damascus, the capital city of the modern area that we know as Syria, which was once the biblical area that was part of the larger Babylonian territory called Assyria. And this is the third time I'm bringing it. So the first time I received it as part of many prophetic words, and I think that was in the month of March 2022. Damascus will be destroyed from being a city. And then I received this prophecy again on March 29th, 2023. So that was exactly a year later. And then just half, just a few weeks later, I've received this one. Damascus will be destroyed. Isaiah chapter 17 and verse 1. Just a moment, please. Let me read the verse here. And it says... It's Isaiah chapter 17, verses one and two, and it says the burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city and it will be a ruinous heap the cities of arrower are forsaken they will be for flocks which lie down and no one will make them afraid and what this is saying is in biblical language the burden against simply means the prophecy against and so this is isaiah the prophet saying that he has received a message from god against the ancient city of damascus and that message is simply put that this place will cease to be a city, but will be made a ruinous heap. And that literally means it will be reduced to an unrecognizable pile of rubble. It will be so destroyed that the bricks of the habitation will no longer rest one upon another in the recognizable form that we call buildings. All of that will be scattered. And then it goes on to say the cities of our are forsaken. This means that Everything around that area will also be abandoned. They will be for flocks which lie down and no one will make them afraid. When we think of flocks, we always know that this is talking to herds of sheep, or goats, or maybe even cows or whatever they have in that region. Now, when it says flocks will lie down and no one will make them afraid, that means that there won't be a single human being around to control these animals. It basically means that the animals of the area will be able to wander around freely without having to be in fear of those who steal animals and in fear of their bosses who will say... Come home, and then all the sheep have to come home, and all the goats have to come home. In other words, no people will be there. So the Lord told me years ago that this is how we know this prophecy against Damascus is not yet fulfilled, because Damascus still has, to some extent, habitation. People still live there, but it says that it will be abandoned to the point where Damascus itself, meaning that capital city, and areas around it will be left to the animals and no one will cause those animals to fear. And so the word that the Lord gave me when I went to that verse and I was going through it, which is just two verses, is that Damascus will be utterly destroyed and burned by US military fire and United States rockets, rockets. So I hope it will be understood what rockets mean because I cannot really open that up. I don't think it's a nuclear missile it might be those things actually that come off the back i described it before where it looks like a crayon box and there may be eight or ten of them it looks like a crayon box on the back of some kind of jeep some kind of humvee and then you can send them out one by one or you can send all of them out at the same time i think that's rockets so he said it will be reduced to rubble and the ancient prophecy will be fulfilled Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city. And after that, when the Lord said that, into my heart came this very clear word, Fallujah, F-A-L-L-U-J-A-H, such a strange word, Fallujah. And I also had this strong desire to look it up. So I paused in the Bible study to do that. And I found that Fallujah is a very old and historied town in Iraq that was also part of old Babylon territory. And this was a place that was well known as a center of learning. So people, all the smart people back then, just like now, used to travel there probably on camels, you know, for smart people conferences and things like that. It was a place that Not only Jewish scholars, but other scholars loved to travel and congregate. But in modern history, it is more widely known as a place, either it's a city or a town in Iraq that very strongly resisted the U.S. occupation and military presence during the Iraq War. And that town suffered a lot of personalized American military reprisals for that. So there were two occasions in which these people, despite the fact that there was a curfew during the Iraq war, and despite the fact that American personnel were there, you know, um, trying to monitor and control the situation, because it's always scary when you go to foreign territories where you're not invited, you don't know the people's customs, everything they do from their dress, their food, their culture, and their language is completely alien to you. And so it's natural that you will be overly paranoid and think that even someone making an an order for food is a threat against you. And so they were very harsh to the people in that place. And the people rebelled against it. So it, they're people who were not afraid. They came out twice in unarmed proce- protests. And this is information that is on the internet. So I don't want to hear any anything from people, please, about, oh, no, these are her thoughts and her anti-American. It's written by Wikipedia there that any 15-year-old can go and read. These people came out twice in unarmed protests to protest the occupation, and twice they were shot by the U.S. military. Twice they were put down, even though it was just unarmed people. And then things got very bad and they started having, you know, um, suicide from the people, suicide bombings and things like that. Because America kept fighting to control the place because of her wounded pride that these people were pushing back. And there were a lot of people fighting back, even to the point of suicide bombings in order to get the Marines to leave. And as I was reading on, I found that uh, this Fallujah place was also bombed quite heavily. And eventually, America did leave after a lot of back and forth and trying to take the place. But by that time, 60 to 70% of the buildings in that place were destroyed. And I finally began to gain understanding into this deeper understanding into this Damascus thing. Damascus is in the same category as this Fallujah place. It is quite highly destroyed. It's definitely not a nice and functional holiday destination, but it's not absolutely destroyed. And when I was reading and coming to better understanding, the Lord said to me, Damascus will be like Fallujah and worse than that. And so I had to go deeper. I had to go deeper because when the Lord keeps saying something, Either God is warning about something, but when God keeps saying something to you in your normal life and you keep saying, okay, God, I hear you. If you're not actually moving to act on it, this is the reason that the word keeps coming back to you. This is the reason that the prodding won't go away because you are not being obedient and you're acting as if hearing the voice of God just means he's going to say something and then you hear it and then no action is required. I decided that God must want me to go And look at things. And so what I did today is I went to the root of this question instead of just going to hear Isaiah saying they will be destroyed. I wanted to know why is God bringing up this centuries old prophecy? Now, why does he keep talking about it? Is the only aspect because of how it plays into the fact that America's actions are going to trap her one day? Is the only aspect of this Damascus thing to be that the hammer of the whole earth that I saw smashing different regions is going to just smash again and that's the end of it? Or is this playing into something deeper that God wants me to understand? So I went to look and I found out that this... This prophecy has been waiting against Damascus for thousands of years, thousands of years. And finally, the fulfillment of the prophecy is here. God's reason for punishing this Damascus stretches back all the way to the time that Israel had divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom that was called Israel and then the southern kingdom, which was Judah and Benjamin that together were called Judah. In those days, Syria wasn't even called Syria, it was called Assyria, and so it was not just a capital city that Damascus was, it was an entire powerful warfaring region, and a long time ago, they had a king by the name of Hazael, and Hazael went to war with Israel for part of their territory, the famous Gilead, as in, is there no bomb in Gide- Gilead fame? And so God was angry with Israel at that point for probably another protracted period of sin and Baal worship and their own forms of pornography and disobedience. And so at that time, when that king decided to go and try his luck to get back a disputed piece of territory from Israel, God let the king take it. He let the king take it because that is the way that God has settled in the earth. When you sin, God will always, I mean always without fail, allow your enemies to come against you. In fact, we know from the old, from the new Testament that sometimes the enemy that God allows to come and sift you is Satan himself For the apostle Paul said that if you've got one who just continues in fornication, continues in sexual immorality, especially the highly gross kind that is very offensive to God, he said, turn such a man over. Let Satan buffet that person. That is what happens to unrepentant unrepentant sinners. You will sin your way right past the hedge of protection. You will sin your way until you cross the boundary where there's protection for you. And when you get there, Satan has full range to do whatever he wants to do to you. And it is either that you will have the common sense to repent and ask God to drag you back into the safety behind the wall after you repent. Or many times Satan has killed people out there in the great beyond. And I think that we all know that it is so. We all know the addict that would not stop. We all know the person that wouldn't stop cheating until the jealous husband decided to take matters into his hands. And now that person may be serving 20 years behind bars, but you that was with his wife are in a very different location. And so the Lord allowed King Hazael To take Gilead. But after that, God did what he also always does. He always judges the people that he uses to judge the ones he loved. And so God will love America, but God will come to the place as he already has where he is sick of America's sin. He is sick of America's denial of her sin. He is sick of the fact that national repentance is not on any calendar in this nation and is not going to be now or in the foreseeable future because America is fulfilling her role and on her way to a very important date with revelation chapter 18, God will judge a nation and then he will judge those who he used to judge that nation. So Russia and China and all the rest of them have their day of judgment up ahead. But as I said, with the jealous husband analogy, it is unfortunately that by the time Russia and China reach their judgment, there will be very few people around from this nation to see it happen because they would have already been consumed by the judgments of God and by the many different types of punishment that are coming here. And so... Hazael heavily oppressed the people of Gilead and he hacked off a part of the territory from the main body of Israel as a winning prize. But then Amos the prophet was chosen by God to deliver a word to that king, telling him that for the things that he had done, his house would be consumed. This means that all his children would die. This is where when the judgment comes on you, like Eli the priest, your children don't make it. And because your male children are supposed to carry on the airship, as you can learn from the book of Ruth, when the male children pass on without issue, a person's house can be wiped out. If God had not shown Naomi mercy by giving Ruth to her as a gentle and obedient daughter-in-law, the entire house of Naomi's husband would have been wiped off the map forever. And when God is very angry with a person, all your seed will pass away, meaning that you only the parents are left. You can't conceive new new seed, and when you pass on, it is as if that lineage never existed. And that is a terrible judgment. God told Hazael that he would wipe out his seed from the earth, and he also said that the cities and the stronghold of his eldest Ben-Hadad would also be destroyed. In other words, Conquerors would be conquered, destroyers would be destroyed. And this phrase is the same phrase that the Lord always gives me to say to America that the conqueror went forth to conquer, but now it is time for the conqueror to be conquered and for the destroyer to be destroyed. And so this is the word, Damascus will be destroyed, part two. It says part two, but this is the third time I have brought the prophecy with understanding. And now we see. A very good object lesson into a mind that most of us, to be honest, have never bothered to study. Most of us do not study the scripture to come to a greater understanding of God. We study the scripture to come to a greater understanding of how God is supposed to serve us. So God is not even the main actor in much of the Bible study that takes place in this nation. Because the way we are taught in this nation is to see how God fits the narrative of a better, sweeter, calmer, gentler, more fulfilling life for us. God has promised us those things, but we are in the end times and therefore we know that those things come second rate to understanding who is God and how may we serve this God with fear and trembling, with reverence, holiness, with washed robes of repentance and acceptance of what we have done. If God can wait since the days of Amos and Isaiah to bring to the nation of Syria his judgment using America as a tool, I am not sure why it is so difficult for this nation to understand that she is so young that she is not even considered in such an ancient prophecy like this. This prophecy is so old that all the people who spoke it have died. This prophecy is so old that all the people who were punished in it at that time have died. And God is now using in the modern era a brand new infant by the name of America. America is so young. She wasn't here when China was here. She wasn't here when Russia rose up in their old territories. She wasn't here when Europe were having their wars of power and establishment. She was nowhere to be seen literally the last person on the scene, and yet God is using her to finish an old prophecy. So what is surprising to us? What is so not understandable to us? That our bills, very recent bills, have come due and God is going to use the old to punish the young just as he is using the new to punish the old. There is much more to prophecy than geopolitics. I am not interested in geopolitics. It's not an area that I'm particularly skilled in. It takes up too much time. What I'm interested in is the mindset of the person who speaks to me. And when he keeps saying the same thing again and again, I truly want to know what is going on in his heart. Why is he so agitated about this? Today is the first time I I dug deeper to find out the prophecy is about to fulfill yes he keeps saying america will do it america will send military fire united states rockets will utterly burn and destroy damascus yes okay but for what reason and i find out it is because other people came and hurt god's people and he waited this long to avenge that long So, I am Celestial and this is the Master's Voice. Thank you to those who support the channel. Thank you to those who tune in. Thank you to you who take the time to understand the motivations and the central actor on this channel, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. These are the end times I'm bringing forth, the end times prophecy of a God who is marvelously alive and watching over every pen stroke in this ancient book. To perform it and as hectic as it may seem sometimes it is truly a unique time to be alive these prophecies are for our lifetime and I wanted to add because it was on my heart today that you who come to this channel and you truly pay attention, it would it would benefit you to go and read Ezekiel chapter 9. I've been speaking about Ezekiel chapter 9 since all the way back when I started the blog in 2019. This is a very important chapter because it shows you that in the end times there are only two types of people. There are people who will fall to the various judgments and there are people who will be marked by mercy on the forehead and protected. And in Ezekiel 9 you will see that the people who were marked by mercy, the Bible says, are those who weep and sigh over the abominations that are done. So that means that it is you that when you hear of the human trafficking children, one of the things that God was teaching me is why are they so upset and acting brand new, basically, when they hear of the human trafficking children? Do they not know that children have been trafficked across ancient trade routes for centuries? And this, again, points to how people don't understand God. How can you ever think that your little heart can be more offended by watching children be trafficked and hurt and cut in ritual sacrifices and their blood being drunk? Do you not know that the children who are trafficked and cut and their blood is drunk, that their blood was being drunk in Moab and their blood was being drunk in Ammon, that Molech with his hot burning iron hands was receiving fresh, plump, gorgeous little ones, in the hands of that metal bull, and they were fried to death. Where were you when all that was taking place? Where were you to bring avenging justice to the, un- to the unjust practices? Do you even know what it means? Because they made their children pass through the fire. When the Lord says, a nation of bloody skirts, do you think, America, that your abortion practices that you have carried throughout the whole world and ex- and set up assistance clinics and brought these practices to places where people, no matter what circumstances they conceive under, traditionally would keep their children. But for your new NGOs that you have carried, vice president of the country on a crusade now to sell gay and trance to people who are sharply rebuking America and making this nation look like a buffoon and saying, keep your money. Your 60 million and your 50 million cannot buy our backsides. It is against nature, it is against culture, and we don't do that here. These things were in the Bible, offending God before we were born And he was asking me, why do they open their mouth and speak against me? Where were they to dispense justice when I stood alone at the foundation and the creation of the earth? Who can answer these things? I certainly won't put my hand up and answer on anyone's behalf because I don't say such things to God. When the modern sins of the world offend me, when I feel deep pain because I know of what victims are going through, because I see it myself, I know how to cry out to God for justice without ever trying to put blame on him and tell him he is slow because I've read the word and the Bible says that the Lord is not so slow to act as men count slowness. I know that he has been going through things that predate my entire family tree. So I won't say things like, but, but, but if there was a God and if he was just, because I'm not trying to put stains on my robe and find myself at the back of heaven or maybe even outside heaven. So we must learn who this is that we are dealing with. It will greatly help with the tongue. This is good advice. It will greatly help with your tongue. When you start to think of how immortal, eternal, and everlasting this mindset is, that you are hearing about here on the master's voice. Read Ezekiel chapter nine and see that when death came and when mercy came, there were six men who were chosen. Five of them were given axes and they were told cut down utterly, the young, the old, the innocent, the nursing child, the maiden, the women, so this will be a cutting judgment that does not spare based on race. It does not spare based on money. It does not spare based on age. It does not spare based on he's too old to be hurt. Uh, he's a member of the ruling class or he's a hardworking good guy or he's an elder in the church or she served at the altar all her life. It doesn't cut Discriminating according to how man discriminates or man makes categories. The judgment will cut based on an old eternal standard. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. That is all. The judgment will cut based on who does God count righteous or not. And as I have always said here, you cannot fool God on the question of righteousness. So, God bless you, and I will try to make more videos before I will try to make more videos as I can. Until I see you again, take care and goodbye.